Welcome to the Next Step Podcast with Jay and Brad. Wait, wait, I'm Brad. I'm Jay. I'm an All act. Right. All right. We are back live in the studio for the next step podcast. We uh, we better not say every three weeks because we said every two weeks and it became every three weeks. Mm, we're but sorry. We're back. We uh, you know what keeps me going? What the emails and the direct messages that we get, and we're gonna go Quite through some of those. Quite a bit recently. At the end, we won't go ask the attic. We'll go ask the the whatever. Ask ask the attic. Ask you because some of them come to Jay or Brad. So we'll go through some of your uh, listener emails. If you want to reach out to us, okay. uh, our website is 12stepstochange.com, and there's a Contact Us button there. Uh, there's an Instagram page called at 12 Steps to Change. There's a Facebook page called The Next Step Podcast. The email address is 12stepstochange at gmail.com. So reach out to us. We get... Uh, uh, questions about individual situations. Mm-hmm. Um, we get questions, Advice, and those ones I kind of send to you. Mm-hmm. We get general questions about, uh, hey, we're you know structural, structural as far as ARP mm-hmm. um, and things like that. So we'll go through some of those. Even had some listeners fly down pretty recently. We did. We had uh, was that two weeks ago? Yeah, two weeks ago, right before we went to Hawaii. Yeah, it's true. Hawaii. We, they fl- these guys are. Well, we're going to have them on the podcast, um, but they're from Northern California. Uh, Flued. So we get a lot of people say we're going to come visit sometime. Yeah. Because we're kind of in a vacation area of California. Yeah, so totally. Come down. And they're like, hey, we're going to come down. I'm like, yeah, sure, whatever. Hit us up when you get down there. And then finally he's like, hey, we're flying down tomorrow. Like we're going to be there. We're going to be there. We're like, okay, cool. Let's be for dinner. And I still didn't know. Yeah. And they're like, all right, we landed. And then they show, we, we met him for dinner and we came to our meeting. And then these, did you know, like dude, the guy, one guy slept in the van, the rental van, and because they're flying out the next morning. No, not a day miss of work. They flew down after work. On a Tuesday. On a Tuesday, went to the meeting. You uh, stayed and talked to you for. <laughs> I stayed here till like midnight. And we were flying out to Hawaii at six a.m. in the morning. We had to be there at six. We had to be there. I mean, yeah, we had to be. <laughs> I, at the, I wasn't yeah. even packed, so then I went home and packed for Hawaii. Yeah. <laughs> Got. Cool. I texted Brad. I'm like, "Oh, you all ready?" He goes, "I'm still at the church." <laughs> Anyways, that was awesome. But it was awesome. Yeah, they were super cool. Let's do some news. Okay, let's do it. a lot of dude. When when President Nelson said, "Eat your vitamin pills." Yeah. There's going to be a lot happening. Get your rats, take your, eat your Wheaties, whatever he said. Yeah, he dude. He was not joking around. No, a lot has changed quickly. So we are not a news per se podcast, but I figure if you like our personalities, you'd like our spin on just a few. So we like to do a little bit of church news, a little bit of addiction news. Totally. Which one do you want to do first? Let's do the church news. Um, let's do, uh, you know, the, the change to... Change right before General Conference, right? Like, what was that? Well, that one was a reversal of the policy. Yep. You're going right into a controversial one. Yeah, why not? So uh, I don't have that one Friday for me, but okay, basically but. my recap of that is it's a reversal of the policy. And the policy was uh, stated previously, this like maybe a couple of years ago, that caused a little ripple amongst some church members mm-hmm. was if you're a youth that is whose parents are same uh, same sex? Can you even say that? I'm trying to be politically right. They're the same sex. Same, yes. Yeah. What? Same sex, married, a gay, gay marriage. Gay or lesbian. Family, gay or lesbian. I thought gay would be the same thing, but there's a difference. Wow. Okay. Gay or gay or lesbian marriage. 
that the children would need to wait till they're 18 to get baptized. Now, living in the home of if that. If they're living in the home with that couple. Same now, sex marriage. Ironically, exact same policy that if you're living with a polygamous family. So oh, if it? you're a kid that's living with uh, five mommies and one dad, or you would have to wait five daddies and one mom, you need to wait till you're 18. Do you know why the policy was there in the first place? I think it's good. I mean, I think it's smart because um, like it caused a lot of well, a lot of turmoil at the home. I, I, I right? if you read Assuming, the reason of the policy is, hey, at church we're going to be teaching the law of chastity, mm-hmm. and the law of chastity states it's going to create conflict. Re- in sexual the relations mind. should be only between a husband and wife. Period. Opposite sex, husband, wife. This is the law of chastity given by the Lord. Okay. How confusing to a kid who's like, wait, my two mommies or my two daddies. Like, it's we want to keep the family intact, so we don't want to cause. Uh, a this is my like. Let's just wait. And then here's my other theory. And sometimes we're like, and I, we did this on a mission. It's like we have to hurry up and get these people baptized. Like your generation and the generation before you, especially. Yeah. I know the, like yeah. Before me, before yeah. me, before it was you like seventies, like get them in the water, dunk them, and they baptized it later. everyone, and like most of them went active right away because they didn't really. And so my perspective was like, okay, they had to wait till eighteen, okay. Like, there's a lot of kids, like, you probably taught youth on your mission. The parents mm-hmm. weren't oh, down, and they're like, 100%. okay, we'll wait till 18. Yep. And then the feeling was like, well, they're going to be ostracized. Dude, any kid showing up to church who's not a member is the opposite of ostracized. <laughs> right? If you're a convert in general, it doesn't matter. Especially, you're a convert, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. When you, when you went to church as a non-member, were you ostracized? Dude, I was like, it's almost like awkward. You become like a little ward celebrity. Because you're like, yeah, because yeah, look at this, con- you know, I mean, not on purpose. It's just like people are so stoked that you, someone is willing to change to come from the world and come into this. And so, they're like intrigued by it. So it pumps everyone up. So look, not only would you not be ostracized, you're going to probably be like, yeah, they want you to speak a lot <laughs> um, and share your story. So uh, there was a lot of hurt feelings of it. I think the church put it out there for the purpose of keeping the families strong. Mm-hmm. And to reiterate, like, look, this is an important covenant. Families are important. And now it's been reversed. So the and then they reversed it reverse. and said, you know what? If the bishop approves it, then fine. But the parents, the, the same-sex married parents need to say, yeah, we're we're cool. We're not going to – we're, we're cool within kids. primary. You're going to be teaching the law of chastity. We understand that you're going to teach the law of chastity and the family proclamation of the world. Uh, but there's a lot – here's the here's the tough part about the world we live in right now for members of the church and outside. There are people that are – that no, they they want gay marriage to be accepted exactly the same as a heterosexual marriage, and they think that anything that doesn't get closer to that is is bad and mean and this and that. It's hate, yeah, it's hate uh, even hate right? yeah. and discriminatory, and and so so I actually got on some Facebook groups for LDS whatever, and like, what is your like? This is a step in the right direction. What do you want the church to do? And all of it is like, we want gay marriage to be accepted in the temple. And like, okay, well, that's then just state that. Don't yeah, don't, don't be angry one way or the other because yeah. I the the church is really trying. I I don't know. I wish they'd be. They're, they're pretty clear. They're like, look, love everybody, accept everybody. Everyone's welcome to come to church. Mm-hmm. And if you are if you are uh, living with your girlfriend and having sex with them, you're not living the law of chastity. But you can come to church. You're just not going to be able to get a calling. Yeah. Um, you're not going to be able to go to the temple. Oh. Um, if you are a gay couple and you're, or you're gay and you're having gay sex, you come to church. Totally. Come learn about the commandments. Um, but you're not going to be able to participate in certain, in certain uh, uh, sacraments of the church. Yeah. 
Um, I related a lot to that. I shared this on a previous podcast. So I was listening. We were in the motorcycle. In fact, we rode our motorcycles here yeah, to the studio. To the studio. KTM. What KTM for life. KTM 350 EXCX. Boom. Anyways, so I was watching uh, the you know the freestyle motocross guys back in the day, like Deegan and Scummy and and all those guys. And one of them, you know, either nowadays they're either dead or they're like in recovery. Yeah, yeah. It's the one ones or the who other. survived are in the ones recovery. that survived are in recovery. For the most part, yeah. And the other ones got hooked on opiates and they're gone. Yeah. And and it was actually Scummy Morrison. I Colin Morrison is nicknamed Scummy. He he became a Christian and he's like Deegan gave him a Bible and like you know said hey you need to come to Jesus and this and that and he's like dude I I believed it and I became saved and and but he was still partying and like yeah. living the party lifestyle breaking a lot of that chastity was, that was me and sixteen and, yeah. and he was like dude I believe in Jesus and yeah. and I want to be good but he didn't know what the commandments were totally and he said Deegan r- ran up to him one time at a party he's like hey. Remember that Bible I gave you for Christmas? You should probably start reading it. And he said he started reading it, and he was like, "Oh, oh, jeez, I am not living yeah. what, what the gospel says, yeah. what the gospel teaches." And he said he had to radically change. And sometimes I think, like, you know, Jesus does preach love and acceptance, and he went to the prostitute, but he said, "Go and sin no more." He didn't say, "Hey, prostitute, love you, throw the first stone at her, and then go, hey, you know, keep doing your deal." Yeah, totally. He said he cr- he cried repentance under the people, and repentance means change. Yeah, totally. People think that uh, people that say religion, especially Christianity, teaches hate is so nuts because if you take what Christ actually said, it was the most furthest thing from hate. Not only to his, not only to the sinners, right, like you just shared for the adulterer, but also for those who crucified him, like his actual people who killed him. Like actually, his last words were for forgive them, you know, like yeah, and his, them. they don't know what they do. Exactly, like they didn't condone pure, what they were doing. Pure empathy, yeah. People don't understand nowadays the difference between empathy and like and sympathy, or like you know what I mean, like empathy and not sympathy, but like empathy and and it's saying it's okay to do what you're doing, like. He didn't say to that chick that, like, they wanted a stone that, hey, it's okay to commit adultery, go do it again, which maybe the interpretation's been that way sometimes with people, you know, outside in the world, in the Christian world, yeah. out there, because you see a lot of it happening, right? It happens here, it happens there. But the point is, is like, no, he, he clearly said, like, who know? we don't even know what he wrote in the sand. I can only imagine. I bet you with some symbols and stuff. But yeah, that's true. And, and interesting. But yeah, okay, so that's that one. What's the new other news? There was well, a here's, more here's recent one. Well, here's one I've been promoting for a while. Okay, yeah, let's hear new it. New garments for men. Have you got some? No, I remember they, I have an so issue think, with my account. If yeah, you're listening, think, wait, wait. But if I you're listening to this podcast and you know anyone that works in the church that can help me in IT, I have issues with my membership. Brad thinks I'm actually not a member, but yeah, I had the bishop confirm. I, I, did confer- I, I, I did confirm it. Everything's confirmed. <laughs> <laughs> on uh, that I actually have a record and everything, my temple recommend works, but I can't order from the thing. LDS tools. LDS tools, but I also found out online I couldn't order garments either. Huh. So there's but an issue I there. I think they're at uh, Deseret. Uh, they weren't when I went there. I know, they are now. That's oh, why they put oh, So you can order them online I'm going before, tomorrow. but they just put out there now. And, dude, they are amazing, finally. That's what you keep saying. Like, Stitched in. And those oh, stay, oh, all finally, the good stuff. Finally, Breathable. comfortable, uh, modern uh, cloth. Okay, what else? So you had some other news we talked about. Um, I think the cool uh, big one was couples married civilly can now be oh, go immediate right. temple marriage. And this is... Uh, so explain that some, again. In, so if, if we have in, in the listening. United States, outside the world, outside the United States, and sometimes people in the United States think that we're the only ones, and and when they criticize the church, they criticize it based upon their local area, who are mm-hmm. a worldwide church, more people outside the U.S. Inside the U.S., 
if you got married civilly, you would wait a year before you go into the temple to be sealed. So not so if you were mar- if if I marry my spouse outside of the temple in the like courthouse, in a courthouse or mm-hmm. at the beach chapel, chapel with a licensed mm-hmm. preacher, yeah. Um, before I would have to wait a year. That's right. Okay, you didn't know that. I did. Okay, just clarifying. Just clarifying. Yeah. 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 So wait a year, okay. uh, there, and then now and then and now it's you could get married civilly, and then the next day you can go to the temple and be sealed. Um, did they give any explanation? I remember when it happened. I read it, but I already forgot. Uh, short-term memory. Um, let me see if... Uh, what was kind of like their explanation well, for it? Where possible, leaders should encourage couples to be both married and sealed in the temple. That's, that's still encouraged. Okay. Where licensed marriage is not permitted in the temple or when temple marriage would cause parents and immediate family members that to feel me. excluded, a civil ceremony followed by temple sealing is authorized. That was what I... So... So for you, like with you, no, kid, no one I knew personally yeah. my entire life was in the temple with me. It was kind yeah. of a bummer. They all had to wait outside, including my friends, family. Same me. It was just my mom. Yeah. yeah there you go. Dad sat outside. Yeah, I didn't know my mom. Family. Like, I, my mom, like who had joined the church, didn't mm-hmm. yeah. uh, didn't keep going down the path to get temple. And so, anyways, and people ask me, well, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? I'm like, here. So I look at it like everyone knew that this is how I'm going to live my life. And if and I I look at it this way, like, I wrote the epistles on my mission. I want them to join. I gave them, I gave them every opportunity. I taught as much as I could. But they, they, chose not to. they chose to not follow, and that's cool. I love them and accept them. But I'm going to – I learned on my mission. I learned before my mission from my loved one, from my grandpa, who you know, yeah. um, said that if you're going to do – Yeah, Lee, Grandpa Lee. If you're going to do this – if you're going to become Mormon or you're going to be you're going to be a member of this church or any other church or anything else in life, you're going to do it 100 percent. You don't care what anyone else says or does. You do it because it's what you want to do. And you but you do it 100 percent. So at the time. Yeah. And at the time, the policy was it was. So I'm like, no, but I'm not going to. Hindsight, what would you do now? Like if this is the policy now, what would you do? I think even thinking back of it, I think there's there's so much testimony. It was a bummer to have them out outside, mm-hmm. not in there and only to have Lexi's family and, and church friends that I had met. But. At the same time, it's it's once again it's a declaration to the world that this is how it was a chance for me to show outwardly to everyone else that this is how I'm this is I subscribe a hundred percent. I thought myself too. What would I do, Frank? Because I most of my own immediate family, I only had my mom in the temple. Yeah, there you go. That's it. So you know, everyone else was outside. Just waiting there. But mm-hmm. I, I think I would do it because like this is what this is important to me, mm-hmm. and because you're you guys. May have it's your choice. Yeah, it's your and, choice. And I'm okay with it, but um, you'd but, be okay with me. But there may be others of like, if they are maybe a recent convert or like yeah, yeah, time, yeah. maybe it would be different. So Maybe it was different. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Everyone's different. I think different. it's an individual decision. Yeah. Um, uh, I read, I did read. I like that, one more thing. I like this. Yeah. I talked to our friend um, when we were on our vacation. Yeah. He's a member of our church um, about this and how, how, you know, I don't know how it was back in the day, but it seems like. You know, the ceiling is about the ceiling, right? It's like this covenant between you, your spouse, and God, with God, you know, mm-hmm. like you and your spouse with God, right? You're making this covenant yeah. in the temple. Um, but we've we've become very worldly with our weddings, right? Like oh, um, even temple, temple That's what I'm saying. Like I've been in ones that are like yeah. ginormous. I've been in them massive. Like yeah. I'm talking $100,000 yeah. venue, right, after, right? Yeah. This my buddy of ours was saying, like he, you know, he thinks we shouldn't be in there, and it should be like it should be more sacred. And that's why I love the temple because the the bridal room in each temple is the same for everyone. So every bride in the temple, like it's married in the temple, gets to have 
the same beauty in that. Well, you know what I'm saying? It's mm-hmm. not about, dude, we got sealed. It's not one-upping. We got it's not we, one-upping. Yes. My, my wide one was bigger than that wide one. We got sealed. We went to a crab cooker and rented out the crab cooker in Newport Beach, had a massive fun lunch, mm-hmm. dinner, and then we were off to our hotel, and the next day we drove up to Utah with all of our stuff. Like, it was no, I don't know. Uh, well, I think maybe what would turn a positive of this is, is keeping it all in perspective. you don't have, I didn't have a lot of people in our, in the temple ceiling for us, but mm-hmm. it could be more intimate, just between you and your spouse and maybe a couple That's of That's how husband, it felt for and, me. And the parents. Yeah. Instead of like... Feeling like you had to invite all your friends to that. Because yeah, you can never fit them all, anyways, yeah. right? Like I've been to those where, like, oh, I, I've come to a few mm-hmm. and some I didn't go to, but right. I wait outside. And um, it was super. And I'm just speaking from my experience, like you just said. That's how me and Lexi felt about it. That this was we both had to use the atonement to get to that point. Mm-hmm. Granted, I wasn't in like 12 step recovery at that point, but at the same time, we sacrificed. We didn't break the law of chastity. Like we talk, talk about what you guys didn't kiss for a year. Six months. Six months. Six months without one kiss. The bishop told you that. Bishop said, "Yeah, we we had uh, we messed up uh, right after we got engaged, and um, we didn't have sex, but we you know fooled around kind of. But you know, like always, we wanted to clear it up. We wanted to get sealed in the temple the right way." So we went to the bishop and his council in Hawaii said, um, he, it was weird because he was just listening to us talk and then all of a sudden he sat back really quietly and then looked back at us and basically said, hey, listen, if this is what you guys really want. By the way, I was disfellowshipped at the time. So I didn't have the gift of the Holy Ghost. Like all that stuff was kind of, and uh, if you're going to want him, you know, if, if, you want, if you want this ceiling the way you, I know both of you want it, you've expressed that you want the spiritual experience. I think it, uh, I would advise you to, not kiss or make out between now and the time whenever that is. And at the time, I had six more months left to even meet with our bishop or like or meet with my state president to, to be, get to reinstated, reinstated. Okay. if I got reinstated. Yeah. So I looked at her and we were just like, oh, okay. And like, we're like, okay. And we looked at each other and we're like, well, let's do it. Like, what do we have to lose? Like, we wanted to be. Pause. Did you not post on Facebook? My bishop said we can't kiss. How dare the, the church, honor code? The church said we can't kiss, so we're or like out of here. BYU, right? Like now, there's all this honor code crap. Like <laughs> this is once again how we look at it. Lexi left the church at 18, pretty much, and I joined the church at 19, 18. We want to be a part of this. I subscribe to it. I, you know, me in my situation, like I don't even want to go to secular school. I want to be at BYU. I, I see the benefit of being my life. At the last 14 years around members compared to the other, you know, 17 years without, like, dude, there's just no question who, who, like, you know, so we full subscribe and yet we understand that people make mistakes and leaders can make mistakes and this, that, and the other in their personal, like, dealings or even in some church callings. However, we subscribe to whatever the brethren want us to do. We're in. If you're a newly baptized member, you still need to wait a year. Oh, is that, I didn't know that. Okay. So that's the, that's still the same. Yep. Um, and then, so, uh, yeah, so I think that's cool. Yeah, um, that's rad. It'll be interesting. My, my own children, like what will they decide? Mm. Um, totally. I think, uh, the, uh, I mean, the eternal ceiling is the most important part. The civil marriage to tell do us part is, is, uh, it's great, but good, better, best, right? Yep. Um, and here's my, uh, conspiracy theory on this. You ready? Yep. Uh, I I think I think laws are going to come down and say uh, to really push for gay marriage in the churches that oh, churches yeah. have to do it yeah and and 
the lingo will be sealing instead of temple marriage, mm. and it's a sealing. So, like, we, we just won't do marriages in our churches anymore. We'll just be like, we don't do marriages anymore. Yeah. Um, and then it's going to be sealings. That's my thing. That's, yeah. That's Brad's. Yeah, no, no I mean, Brad's I mean, I think, I, my, I mean, we've talked about this. I feel like eventually we won't be, a, if everything continues to go down the spectrum, it will eventually, uh, the hates, read, we read, won't be able to read, practice read, religion. Read the New Testament. Yeah, yeah well, yeah, exactly. So if you, you go by that, plus you just go by just kind of like where it's going politically, like it's now hate speech that read, you know, they, they, there's people that want, this is not like conservatism, like dogma or fox scare news like this is fact there are articles out there there are people that are there that are pushing the agenda to have bibles reprinted they don't want them practiced and because once again it conflicts with the way they want to live you know my opinion i'm more of a libertarian in the sense where i want you to be able to live how you want to live and let me live how i want to live and as long as we're not harming each other and we can be neighbors it's all good like and uh, because I can separate, like, if you don't want to live God's law, God gave you agency, and that's okay. But don't try to, don't pass law, don't push for laws to be passed that takes away my ability to practice my agency. We know about what happened in the Book of Mormon several times where people couldn't practice mm-hmm. what they believed. They had to pray in their hearts. And although, dude, so to say that it would never happen, people are delusional. Like, look at what's happening already. Well, I'm curious of all those people. So I agree with you where who, uh, it's going to happen. I think who, it's who really worse. pushed for... The Boy Scouts to accept girls. Yeah. And now the Boy Scouts is pretty much defunct. Like, it's going to mm-hmm. away. Mm-hmm. How many of those people actually joined the Boy Scouts? Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. <laughs> are it's they like how- all those people who really voice for how, dis- how, how, how uh, exclusionary it was? Dude, resent- dude, it goes back and, to the 12 steps. Like, I think, just wanted to go away. I think fears and resentment lead to a lot of problems, and I think people are hurt, and they get hurt. And How many people came back to the church? If they were hurt and left the church because of the, they didn't, the policy on not allowing children, having children of gay married mm-hmm. people, then a child that's in living with a same-sex married couple can't get baptized until they're 18. They left the church because of that policy, and then the church reversed it and says, you know what, the, what we thought— what our purpose was didn't play out. Let's reverse that policy. How many of those people came back? Yeah. <laughs> uh, my friend who I know that's mm-hmm. also out, another friend in Hawaii, was on a Facebook page too and, and was talking about this because he knew a friend who actively said, I left because of that policy two years ago. Mm-hmm. Changed. And so he said, I look forward to seeing you in the sacrament, you know, of course, like a little – Antagonicious a little bit, but but uh, but not really. I think I think the, these these two are brothers, you know, in a sense, like where they were served. You know, anyways, they're friends. Like if and you so, that, I'd be able to say like if you were, yeah, you'd be able to say it to me, and I hope you would say it to me because if that was what I stated was my issue, and then now it's been reversed, you'd be stoked to see me there. Mm-hmm. So, and then his comment, the other kid, the other person's back um, comment back was. Um, no, we want an actual apology. Like, we want someone to actually, it's like phone like us a, up. And then it's a personal apology. Yeah, now it's a personal thing. So it's like, oh, okay, so see, it's about the ego. It's about, it's about once again, it's about your resentments. It's about fears and this, that, and the other. And it's just sad to see all this stuff. Well, it's also like, dude, it's a bummer. you got to have a, I, I remember as a kid saying, you got to have a testimony of the brethren, of the prophets. And would they say something in you? So you. They, do we believe that they seek stuff coming down before? Dude, that's are they are yeah. they drawing lines in the sand to say like, look, here's a line in the sand that we need to make sure that it's a hard line in the sand totally. of doctrine totally. um, that we need to do now. And and for that matter, God has always done this. God too would draw a hard, hard line in the sand and say we can't eat pork. Yeah. Okay, well now we can. But 
does that mean that like you, if you ate pork up until that point, that you're like, well, you know better than what God, or no, is it about obedience? You just wait till yeah, exactly the the principle. That's what me and this other brother were talking about in Hawaii when we were driving. Um, when he drove me to the airport, or um, yeah, no, when he drove me to, to get my car. Anyways, uh, and we were talking about this. It's like it says, my patriarchal blessing, the same thing, like following, following the brethren, and how you'll never be led astray. And does that mean that those brethren may or may not make mistakes? Once again. I'm not – I'm just glad that I have a program like these 12 Steps that have taught me that I don't need to be the director anymore. I just need to be the actor, and I need to do my part, and I need to know my lines. I need to submit to the director, the producer, and all these other people. When I say director and producer, I'm talking about Heavenly Father. I'm talking about the Holy Ghost. I'm talking about the Lord's anointed, which I also made a covenant in the temple to follow and sustain. And, and I don't need to be both anymore. I don't, I don't need it. Like, and once again, it never leads to happiness anyways. When I used to judge what they would do and say and tell them how that I was, I was the one contentious. I was the one that had misery. I'm the one who wasn't happy. So, you know, it's it's a, once again we all know that contention, where, who it comes from, and, and what it does. And it's a bummer to see that there's so much um, amongst our own members. And it's kind of it just it sucks because that's not at all what it's taught. Like we're, we're not none of nowhere in the scriptures does it teach to have to, to like you know when control I found the leaders. Out Millie Vanilli, you know that band. Uh, that sounds really familiar. Millie Vanilli. Yeah. Girl, you know what's true. Yeah, 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 yeah. When I found out they weren't real singers, I didn't keep going on their Facebook page and going and like, yeah. tr- I just like, okay, cool. I'm not a fan anymore. I'm just going to walk away. I didn't let it like eat, eat me alive. Yeah. So I think a lot of people are like, look, tremendous. if you don't think the church is true, okay, that's fine. Dude, Why do you need to keep getting yeah, on like, eldestliving.com and like and humming? bashing, bashing like, people. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I just like you should just let it go. Like you're you'd to be me a, a, contentious, a contentious. Like there's there's non there's secular quotes about this. Mm-hmm. Like like about like like when you when you have no contention, and you're happy. You're like you know what I mean. Yeah. It's drinking poison and trying to kill the other person. When I would walk on the streets of DC in my mission in the nation of Islam, <laughs> oh, people uh, are out there. Yeah, and there's in my face calling me the white devil, and I'm gonna go to hell. So gnarly. I, it didn't, I'm like, okay. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I was curious, like, hey, why do you think that? Like, c- tell me why. Like, it didn't hurt my soul. And you don't have to. And I I've didn't never, hate them. I I've was never heard like, you go around talking about how much you hated them. No, like, I'm, like, you know, like, I'm like, I was intrigued. I'm like, dude, what, why do you think I'm the devil? Yeah. Why do you think I'm a white devil and I'm going to go to hell? Like, so you don't that? feel like. Explain that to me. And they were cool. They'd explain it to me. And I'm but like, But you don't okay. feel like dedicating the rest of your life to I disagree them. with you. Yeah. And you think I'm going to go to hell. Okay. Uh, okay, but it doesn't mean I'm gonna like. I don't believe I'm gonna go to hell because of them. And you don't feel like bashing them for the rest of your existence. No, I'm like okay. That's they, what it seems like. They believe our, different. Than when me. our members leave the church, it seems that they they um, they're obsessed. There's no way around it. Like to call it what it is. Let's call it, if it was if it quacks, it's gonna probably a duck. You know, if it waddles and stuff. So most of these people we see that leave the church, they become obsessed, obsessed and driven by contention and arguing and. And I think we can do it too as members, they, so we they, have to be they, careful. They claim to save to, because we're hurting people. Yeah. But again, it's a free I, church, I, man. I, no one forced me to join, dude. No one forced I, me to come to sacrament. No one for. I've never gotten a call from some leader saying, "Hey, it's because we brainwashed." When did you, you? When did you pay your tithing last? You know, like you missed last month. You know, or is that sure you that's ten percent? Or or are you wearing your garments? But you know what? People might do that. Church members may say that. Yeah, dude. And those but is that idiots? Like, are, yeah. are you not intelligent enough? Have you not reached a level of of in like in your human existence, your brain hasn't developed enough to realize that bad apples don't equate to a bad tree. You can have a few. 
Like, you know what I mean? Now, if the whole tree produces bad fruit, like the Savior said, okay, that's one thing. But when you get an apple that falls off or gets rotten, does that mean the entire? No. What did Christ say? There's a whole analogy in Isaiah about this. You snip that branch off. And you need to prune it. And we all know that real gardeners, not me and Brad, but real gardeners, they prune trees. There's a whole Hubie Brown story about this. Mm. Like you prune that tree, it grows better. So if you find yourself contentioning and you're just poisoning the other branches, like think about yourself. And I, that goes for members too that are arguing with everyone. Just everyone just like, or, dude, just do your or part. If you're contentious against someone who believes different, like if that's you, what have, I'm if saying, you have a loved one who's the bash, gay, yeah, yes, if yes. someone's gay, uh, yeah, that's LGBT, what I mean. It goes like, dude, let it, it go. goes like, both if ways. That's what they want to do. Like, it goes both ways. You got it. You got to agree yeah. with that 100 percent because we know Christ teaches love, dude. He, yeah. he teaches empathy. He teaches acceptance. But he also has his teachings, dude, because he came down here to do the father's work, not his work. Father's pretty clear about what to do. So anyways. Did you get an article about uh, opiate stuff? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's get off up. church news because not Sorry, everyone who not listens to this yeah. is a member of the church. So you're like, what? You're like, what are you saying? I'm going to you. know you. what? If you're a Catholic, There's you're some Jewish, names I can't you're whatever, like, we're all good, man. So we've talked about this before. You know what I love with but the recovery uh, community is that crap usually doesn't. Yeah, no one in care. recovery is, like, arguing about, like, Trinity yeah. and, like, oh, what do you think yeah. of gay? Like, yeah. seriously, let's just. Let's talk about some bigger picture stuff here, totally. um, because I think they're in a they're in a, plus they're honest. If they're in recovery, if you're truly living the tenth, eleventh, twelve step, you don't have, you don't want contention in your life. Yeah, any contention can threaten your sobriety. So forget it. All right. So headline. So, so we've talked about this guy so, before, right? Because this guy is, was on trial, like got busted, like they were going after him, right? This is yeah. So the headline is billionaire founder of opiate firm guilty of bribing doctors to prescribing drug. Found guilty. So he was found guilty. Wow, so, so no more speculation. John Kapoor, K-A-P-O-O-R. Multi-gazillionaire. His, his name is Kapoor. Kapoor, he was no, a yeah. 75-year-old billionaire founded now. of Insys Therapeutics, guilty defrauding insurance companies in the push to sell uh, spray, ma- spray made from fentanyl. Jeez. A synthetic opiate made many times strong. So this isn't... So it's not even just with oxys and spray stuff. Spray fentanyl. 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 He was approved for terminal cancel patients, but they come Which is 100 times more potent yeah. than, uh, than morphine. Yeah. So it says they don't give the 100. They say many times. Yeah. So it was approved for specific uh, terminal cancer patients. So, like, you're dying. You're going to die in months. So not pulling my back. Pain. So not throwing my back out? Not uh, back pain or... Uh, uh, but I'm or pretty sure they prescribe fentanyl if you throw your back out or have a bad neck. More or profitable market of people with non-life-threatening chronic pain. Prosecutors said they fueled an opiate epidemic and cost of li- and it cost lives. And we know a person who hurt their back, and then he went to his relative or a friend who threw a patch on his back. A fentanyl without telling him what it was. Without telling him, threw fentanyl on his back. It was a doctor, right? Yeah. yeah. It was his doctor, buddy. It, like, it was a family member. Family member's like, oh, here. But he was a doctor, I think. Yeah, he was a doctor, too. That's doctor how he got too. access to it. was like, it. oh, here, boom, let me put this on your back. To me, that says that doctor's freaking Dude. probably off the rocker himself. Like, uh, these are not light, light drugs. No. Are you kidding? Dude, fennel's elephant. Like, dude, it's like tranquilizer originally. It was like, yeah. a, that's what it was originally developed for. So this guy oversaw marketing of it, and he hired doctors as speakers and educational seminars to cover and paid them more than a million dollars to prescribe high doses of. And this is just one guy and yeah. one guy's company. Think yeah. of the other ones. Think of the Oxy family. Think of the, you know, all those other people. Like, this is just one home. This is one yeah. dude. So it almost reminds, like, it's still. We, we weren't all around when, like, doctors were on TV, like, pimping totally. uh, cigarettes. Totally, cigarettes, yeah. yeah. Think of the word of wisdom back in the... Can you imagine if the internet was around? 
Facebook and Instagram and Snapchat was around back when cigarettes uh, were yeah. being promoted on TV. You wouldn't be able to. And then yeah. they're like, the church. Sorry, oh. we went long on news. Let me mute this. Oh, wow. We're going or, long on news. Um, um, can you imagine, like, Dr. So-and-so's on there saying you should smoke cigarettes when you're pregnant. What? The profits are so out of touch. Yeah, yeah. What are they going to get with it? Yeah. You don't even know what they're talking about. There's old men in Utah. Yeah, and, and when they used to pump wine, like, that was all the time, dude. Like, kind of is. Kind of still. It goes on and out. But yeah. no, re- pretty recently, it's not. There's carcinogen. Yeah, yeah, but like, you get the same thing out of grape yeah, juice. Totally, yeah, yeah. But yeah, like, exactly. To think that there's not a marketing piece behind all these products. The cigarette companies spending millions to get us to smoke. There's money behind booze and alcohol. There's money behind weed. There's money behind drugs. Once again, it's like, crazy to think that, like, people... What's like to try to get us to do those yeah. things that, that like, are, are our members not that developed? Like, dude, I feel like sometimes we become like the children of Israel where it's letter of the law, like, we're so fixated on like, you know what I mean? Like, and, and we need to, anyways, I don't know. We just get that's the mist of darkness, dude. Yeah. Like, dude, it's tempting. Oh, that's another thing. I had a, uh, my buddy, this is like kind of goes with this. When I was talking to him in Hawaii, he's now a seminary teacher, and um. He said that his brothers and dad, I believe, had a challenge to listen to every general conference talk, however long it took. But I think it was the challenge was to do it in a year, I think. But anyways, every general conference talk since the day they were born. Wow. Gnarly, That's right? But he's like, so, dude, it obviously caused him to stop listening to music when he drove. And he lives in Hawaii, so you don't drive that much. And then also gym <laughs> as much as possible, right? And he said he did it. He completed it. And he said, dude, he goes – he talks about this. He said um, – Hearing the voice of the Lord has changed for me. Now he can listen to things that are secular, like what we're talking about, like right now and stuff in news, church policies. Mm-hmm. And he can, he's like, the biggest difference he notices that he no longer gets caught. Like he used to, basically what he's stating is I used to think, you know, you can get kind of like, hmm, let me think about that policy or let me think about this or let me think about that or hear something secular in the news and go, hmm, maybe they have a point. And now it's just like he can clearly discern that's not the voice of the Lord. Hmm. And then it kind of goes with like the come follow me that was pretty recently about the shepherd knowing the sheep know his voice. Yeah, yeah. All he's going to do is talk. That's how we're going to know Christ when he comes again yeah. It's by his voice. We're going to know his, his sheep know me and I know them and that's it. I'm not going to have to make a big grand grandiose, like, uh, explosion fireworks come down and say, hey, I'm Christ. I'll speak, and they'll know me. Yeah. That's and, powerful, and dude. That's think members about that. of the church and not members of the church. Yeah, and it's, I think, the same with the prophets mm-hmm. yeah, or your bishop or anyone else. When you have the spirit, you have the gift of discernment. You do. That's one of them, but that's why I love it. That's why I love this last year and a half or whatever of the feeling differently. The biggest thing is I, I just feel this. I'm not as deceived as quickly as I used to be. That's a good place to be in. Um, All right. Well, that's our news cap. Let's uh, go into we're on, this is step 12. So we're going to hear probably your share on step 12. Okay. Uh, and then let's speaking of step 12, let's go into listener emails of reaching out to other people and helping them rock spreading the word of recovery, spreading the word. Jam and act. I love that share. I mean, I think the shares tonight are what this meeting needs is, is honesty and realness. And, you know, I, I, I like Marvin was, and everyone who shared is I was addicted. I mean, I saw, you know, pornography as a young kid and smoked weed at 10 years old or 11 
and started taking drugs right after that, hard drugs, all through junior high and high school. And um, went to rehab at 15 for the first time and uh, to wilderness camp my mom sent me to. Um, and uh, there, I, there was the first time I realized that like I didn't, I really was taking all those things to try to cope and to try to be accepted at first, you know, at that age. I smoked weed just be, you know, first I smoked weed because it's in the music and it's in the movies and I wanted to be like everyone else, which that seemed cool. So I wanted to do that. And, you know, I couldn't admit that then, but I can admit that now. And, and, but I hated weed. I hated the way it made me feel. I was paranoid. I was anxious. But when I drank the first time that same summer when I was 11 years old with my older stepbrother, who all I wanted was his acceptance because he was the cool guy. He was the one that could, you know, kick flip a six stare and get all the chicks and play football and baseball. He was, he was a quintessential dude. And, um, he wanted, he, he wanted to smoke with me. He wanted to drink with me and the weed I didn't like, but the drinking, the first time I took that first drink, mm, I was, imp- I was empowered. I could do anything. And uh, I watched people around me. I drank myself to almost to death the first time I drank. And, um, um, and every, every single day from there on, I drank until that program. And when I was there for three months, I, four months and I knew I wanted to stop and I knew that I found what I thought was God at the time. I, I, I figured out, you know, I was like, man, I'm, I'm alive. I'd already had friends died by that point. Right. And, um, at 15 and from drinking and driving and drugs. And, uh, so I wanted to stop. So I come home from that program, but the, in that program, they didn't give me the 12 steps. So, so I was clean, but I had no idea how to stay clean. I had no idea to come back, hang out with my friends, see my mom, you know, deal with the stress of, a, you know, not knowing who my real father was, my stepdad who was abusive. Like, I didn't know how to deal with life, but I wanted to. I wanted to be sober. I was sober now for four months. It changed my life. I wasn't hacking my lungs out all the time from smoking cigarettes. I wasn't hungover. I didn't have headaches. I wasn't throwing, I wasn't an a-hole to everyone, but I didn't know how to deal with what was coming. And when I got home, I drank the first night I got home like that. And I drank until I was 19 years old. So from 15 and a half, 16, I just turned 16 when I got home. I drank for another three and a half years straight. And then two, I met, I met a Mormon, took me to church, told me about the word of wisdom. I said, all right, I'm in. I, I can't do this. I can't drink like this anymore. I'm killing myself. I'm dying. Every day I was drinking myself to death. I wanted to die, but I was too big of a coward to do it. And um, once again, I just couldn't deal with life. Every day was going to be the next day I was going to stop, and that never happened, right? And so I cleaned up. I joined the church. I'm 19 years old. Everyone's going on a mission. I said, okay, I'm going to go on a mission. I want to do that. I want to go, I want to go help people. Once again, didn't have the 12 stops. Had no idea to stay sober. So I go on my mission. Everything's good. I go to the Philippines, learn another language. Never seen poverty like that in my life. Spoiled, you know, single child, Orange County. And then you go there to, to Manila Bay, Philippines, and there's millions of people starving. And they're happy, some of them. And they're trying. They have given nothing, zero head start. And I thought I had no head start. These people have zero head start. And yet they're doing their best and they're living their best. And I didn't know how to deal with that. And uh, I ended up having some physical ailments come on my mission. I had to have surgery. I had sinus, um, chronic sinusitis. I had cysts that formed in my sinus cavities. Your sinus cavities are like the size of this, like circumference. And I had grapes that were like, like tumors in my head. And they had to surgically remove them. So they fly me to Seattle, still on my mission. And I got my first painkiller. And uh, I'd been sober for two years at that point-ish, I think. And as soon as I took that opiate, it's just like that first drink. All my pain was cured. Physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, you name it, 
I was on fire. Some people take painkillers, it puts them to sleep, it turned me on, like, boom, man. It was like, it was speed, cocaine, alcohol, everything I ever wanted, all in one. And I was so naive at that time, I thought, it's, well, I thought it was a gift from God. <laughs> you know, I thought, this is how I'm going to serve my mission. I don't have any pain anymore. Now I, now I can go knock doors. I'm going to do what he needs me to do. And, uh, of course, that led to seven years of chaos. And um, by the time I got sober, my wife, I ended up somehow convincing someone to marry me. And... Um, I, uh, she left me after two years of being married, pregnant with our second child, because I was consuming Xanax by the dozens and um, opiate, oxy, anything I can get my hand on. I had seven prescriptions on hand at all times, thousands of pills a month. I lost my scholarship to BYU. I was broke, and my wife hated me, and she meant it, and she left me. And luckily, and by the way, I, try, I tried several times while we were married to stop. I could quit. I know how to quit. You just flush it down the toilet and deal with the pain. I know how to do that. I didn't know how to deal with the next two weeks. What happens once you're sober and you freaking, you know, you have a bad day? What do you do? Well, finally, someone said, hey, remember how we've been trying to get off opiates for the last seven years? There's a meeting, and they, they have these things called the 12 steps. I said, that's like A. No, nah, but it's not like A. It's kind of like A. He said, just come with me. You're an addict, not me. You know, that's how I was always telling someone. Right? I just had a quantity problem. If I can get my quantity at a good dose, like, then I'd be good, right? I had a prescription. <laughs> I was stealing them from people's homes. But I had a prescription <laughs> once seven years ago. But anyways, um, I finally show up, and I tell this story. And I'm, I sounded just like you, and I sound like a lot of people, and I was honest, and I was broken. But I wasn't going to admit I was I had a problem. So, you know, you're already ten steps ahead of me. And um, same with you, Anita, you know, 10 steps to admit you have a problem is freaking huge. I was in such freaking denial. And, um, and I thought I wasn't like anyone in the room, and then I kept hearing story after story after story. And there was only like five or six people in that room at the time, but five or six of those people, I couldn't deny that it was exactly like these people. They were saying what I had done, just in a different context or a different light. What do you do? What's the excuse then? And so my wife wasn't coming back. My life wasn't getting any better. But they kept saying, if you did these 12 steps, your life would get better. And I was like, well, I've done everything else. I'm like, might as well, you know. Eventually they got to me. I broke down. And I said, you know, I think I do have a problem. No, no doubt, right? I remember them laughing at me in a good way. You know, that's why we laugh, because we know we've been there, man. We're not laughing at you. We're laughing with you. And uh, I got a sponsor, and I got honest. And everything in my life came back to me. My wife came back to me. My testimony of the Savior came back to me. I dealt with my resentments towards God. I dealt with my resentments toward my father, who I never knew. I dealt with my resentments toward my stepfather. I dealt with, you know, my wife who left me and said she hated me. I dealt with it one thing at a time. But I didn't deal with it until I got to this step with, you know, apologies. you got to do one step at a time. So if you're new here, like I heard, you're in the right place. You never have to go out again if you don't want to. Because these steps work and they will save your life like they've saved my life and many other people in this room. But you have to be willing to take direction. Jeff one time shared in the meeting, he said he, said he heard that it wasn't, it's not based on how much you want to get sober. It's based on how much you're willing to take direction. That's your success level. If you're willing to take direction, it'll work. I promise you that. You just heard it tonight. It's a two-year chip. It works. I say that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.
All right, Jay. So I'm going to read some emails and DMs and uh, get your take on them. I've responded to some of these, but be nice to share it with uh, those that listen to us. Okay. I'll remove names and locations just in case they don't want it shared. Uh, so this is from some dude. I think it, according to the name, it looks like a dude. Uh, so I just finished a terrific podcast from Leading Saints a while ago, I guess, interviewing you. So they rebroadcasted okay. something I did a while ago. My wife and I are co-facilitators in a Sunday night 12-step meeting for lust addicts and their supporting spouses. Somehow, this is working for us. We don't split addicts and support persons up before sharing. We stay together. Often, the support person has been traumatized significantly and the addict's past behavior. Some of the couples who come are currently separated. Others never thought they could get their spouses to come. We've all, we, have, we still have overzealous missionaries who want to cure us with their testimonies. Um, in about a two-month span, uh, attendees have included uh, war Relief Society president, spouse, elders corn president, spouse, counselors, our stake pregnancy friends, and our ward seeking to minister better. In addition, the annual training meetings of the stake. Um, oh, and they just basically were saying, uh, they were just, congratulations. So uh, my question to them was, do you decide to do the meeting just on lust? So it's kind of interesting to be like, you know, within 12 steps, um, there's a, dude, did you know? <laughs> huh? There's 12-step meetings for everything. Yeah. So there's one, like, under Earners Anonymous. Like, if you don't make enough money, <laughs> like, uh, uh, overachievers Anonymous. There's Gamblers Anonymous. Like, there's an anonymous 12-step meeting for almost everything. Well, my and, take on that and why it should be general versus that? Yeah, I think it should yeah, be, too. I think it, so I'm working with a treatment center right now, and uh, they just had a horrible. The guy had four years sober of heroin, um, and he overdosed, and he's dead. And um, what had happened was uh, because when you go to NA only or mm -hmm. AA, they talk or, about your drug. Or methamphetamine anonymous. Whatever your or drug whatever. of choice. Whatever your drug of choice is, these, these way of teaching can be that um, your drug of choice is your only issue. So this guy in four years later thought that like, okay, I have no desire to use heroin, but I can have a glass of wine because I've never been an alcoholic. Dude, you go to a general, which are not really secular. I don't think you find general. I don't think there is general addiction meetings out there besides ours. I've never heard of one. And most of my friends that have been in AA for 10, 20, 30 years, they've never heard of anything like this either, where it's a general. The teen ones, teen are all general. It is. It's general, yeah. Okay, well, but wait, here's, here's what I'm saying. So here's this guy thought it was a good idea, as well as most of the support people around him think mm -hmm. it's not a problem. Drank wine within a few, and this guy has his life together, like pl applying for like grad school, like waiting for his application, gets a little nervous, gets anxiety. What's he get? Gets on Xanax. As soon as he's on Xanax, within one week he overdosed, and they revived him and gets into, he overdoses again, then goes into um, detox, died two days later in detox. So my, my point is, is that if you are an addict like I am, all mind-altering substances, all things in this life, the adversary has thousands upon thousands of lures that he is ready and he is waiting. He can't, I think his greatest victory is when he's got you to think that you've overcome your one thing because he's like, little <laughs> does he know I just sharpened this one. He's never even seen this one because <laughs> this fool is so egotistical to think that he only has one problem. Oh, just wait, yeah. just wait. I'm going to help him. Watch this. I'm going to help, I'm gonna, I, however it works, I'm going to ease into something else, whether it's lust, successfulness, you know, boastfulness, money, you name it, dude, or social media, whatever it is, dude, like, 
And that's why I love our meetings. And so back to that. So, first. so that's my question is, I was like, I said, why on just lust? We have segmented men's only pornography meeting, but tend to find people get stronger and quicker recovery general. when they attend our general ARP meeting. 100%. That is mixed with drug, alcohol, sex, food, et cetera. Because they're all the same. Once they, this is me writing. Yep, yeah. Once they realize they are no better or worse than the other people, they tend to get traction. Mm-hmm. AA, NA, CODA, et cetera, all separate out based on a single behavior. I wonder if in areas... That there are many people with the same addiction, if that helps. I was just curious. I don't yeah, yeah. know. Like, I want to know. Yeah, you mean. And this guy, Ravon Mack, your question's interesting. I believe the stake president who offers the building for meetings allows three. <laughs> I love when people pawn it down for them. I like well, I But it is. But, but that's our culture. So the state president's like, I'm going to allow you to do Bro, this. when I first joined the I'm church, I got the code to the church, and I brought all my number of friends. We played basketball all the time. When we probably Now looking back, I probably shouldn't have. I played my guitar in there. I'd plug in my guitar and mess around with the missionaries. Like, dude. So, But it's interesting is the state president allows three some, meetings. Oh, yeah. And, oh. and he says. Because four might be too much. <laughs> heaven forbid. But it's, it's interesting because it's usually someone that's not directly aware, and it's like, well, probably because, like, hey, well, sex is our biggest problem. Let's have a sex one. Like, I don't think they've been experienced around enough ARP yeah, meetings yeah, to know. Yeah. Um, so he says, I describe a type of addiction and lust addiction because, to me, pornography is the vehicle. Lust is a battle. Um, he also attends a non-denominational SA meeting often. Perhaps that's where I picked it up. And then he said... The state present? Uh, this is this guy writing. Okay, okay. Um, Say, so have it at your house. Uh, have it at the park. Like, dude, have it. <laughs> yeah. Do so it he takes. said, to me, their biggest challenge is untrained missionaries. So this is kind of, missionaries would be my calling. Yeah. So like. Oh, he, I thought he meant legit missionaries. No, no. Like oh, yeah. my, my yeah. official oh. calling is um, oh, we, I'm a missionary. Oh, we've met lots of them. Yeah. So like that's, my calling is that. I don't call it that because yeah, I think it sounds kind of silly for a 12-step meeting. My SA group of men exists because of these good LDS um, they became in, ch- okay. So anyways, so anyways, the SA group where they lived were members of the church. That's like our ARP meeting stink. Let's go start. Like an it's SA. a couple, it's a couples now. Like, like that's a mission that you can be on. Yeah. It's like go out as an old couple. Good meaning. Like I'm not totally. Like, you mean well, you mean well, mean well, but why in the heck do you think that you are capable of helping someone Overcome something you have zero experience. To me, your ego is through the roof, and you have a great heart, but you don't have a lot of brains. Because, well, it, yeah, yeah, but listen, yeah. you know more about motorcycles than I do. So I ask you way too many questions, you get annoyed with it. But guess what? Guess what I'm not asking? <laughs> Someone who doesn't know anything about motorcycles. Because yeah. I'm smart enough to know that, like, if I want to learn something, but, I go or surfing but, or whatever. Like, but, but the key to that, so you can realize if you are a missionary, is... You should go to many, yeah. eight, many 12-step meetings. If you're passionate about it, maybe you've had a bunch. Yeah, you're right. Okay, so and, maybe and you're... you need a facilitator who's in recovery. So, say really you're pa- so what you're saying is say you're a passionate old couple, and you're like, oh, I want to serve a mission. Oh, we pick... Oh, I want to pick this one because maybe you had a loved one yeah. die in the past. Yeah. You're like, I want to help someone. But you're, what you're saying, your, your solution, which I agree 100%, is before you go do it, have enough sense to go... Study from the pros or people that are doing this in the trenches. You ready for my analogy? Leading okay, yeah. all this yeah, one's yeah. right. This. Okay. It's um. it's how we treat Boy Scouts. The church did not invent Boy Scouts of America. We adopted it, and yeah. we said, "Hey, that's a great program. Let's bring it in and do it in our church." And we did a lousy job. You go to a scout camp. You never did scouts. No. 
Like, dude, our scout troops, and I don't know, maybe in Utah they're freaking awesome. I don't know. But everywhere I've been. My like, grandpa said it was amazing as a kid in like, Texas. Like, in the church? No, like outside the church. Yeah, outside like, the church. It's awesome. Horseback. Right? So you go, you go to a, a non-church sponsored. Dude, those kids are all dressed in a uniform. They're doing like boom, 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 boom. Go to a church one, and we're like, eh, we're not taking it too serious, right? Yeah, yeah. Shirts aren't tucked in. Shirts Jeez. aren't tucked in. I got yelled at the, once. The percentage of Eagle Scouts are lower. They yeah. get it because their mom wants them to get it. Like, yeah. we show up the border reviews and they're like, these guys are like barely scraping yeah. by, right? Yeah. We'll take your money for the merit badge, but come on. Yeah. Right? But but our egos as a church member is like, well, we're the mothership and we're funding and we have more units. Yeah. Yeah, but we didn't invent it. Yeah. Guess what? We didn't invent the 12 steps. Mm. So if you're trying to put the church culture on the 12 steps, you're doing it like Boy Scouts. Mm. And if you got a Boy Scout troop that's not getting merit badges, i.e. sobriety, yep. you're not getting Eagle Scouts, i.e. someone living in recovery and sponsoring people in your meeting, then you should go. You should go to some other scout troops to see how it's working. Let's go to a ra- outside the church. But you're saying be humble enough to be teachable. Be humble to be teachable and realize this isn't our gig. We didn't invent the 12 steps, so let's go see how. Neither it's did working. you and I. Like we're but, saying this coming from experience. This is literally what you did. Yeah. When you got called, when you got approval to do it, Brad called me and was like, "Okay, so I got green light." I'm going to go all in. And, like, dude, you just went to all these meetings. You start researching. Yeah, I mean, like, dude, and, like, even still to this day. I remember going, like, hey, do you know on 12 Steps? And you're like, yeah, I know that. I'm like, yeah. but I'm still researching. Yeah, but you were researching it. And, like, dude, and, and then and then when I hear old timers who we now have a facilitator who's been 30 years sober, he said he even says, uh, side note from when you're not around, that, like, you're you're one of the only normies he's ever not the two year horn but but like you're one of the only normies he's ever seen you're like an anomaly in a sense because you get it and I tell him like it's one is because he was humble enough to like know in the beginning I don't know anything about this so I'm gonna go learn from the people that are in that are that are in recovery I wanna see and, where it worked yeah, yes yes and not trying. You didn't school, come in here and try to create Sunday, Brad's version of Sunday school. Steps. Doesn't get people sobriety. But like in the other church, like you go to Sunday school, that's their version. It's like you, you heard me say this when I teach Elders Quorum. I can go up there. I don't have to cut out. I never. You know, I never used to do it that way. When I and I always taught in Sunday, like I always teaching all these words for either youth or the Elders Quorum before I moved here, and uh, like in Utah and everything, and even in Hawaii. I would always give – I would get the topic and then I would like study it and it would be my version of whatever, right? Like – and now I just like, dude, I just want to like – you know what I mean? Like I don't know. It's kind of along the same lines. It's like yeah, – So that that's uh, – We didn't invent it. That was a good way to put it. We, we did not invent it. Put her, put your ego check down, chip down and go like – and again, if you're in some – like dude, there's AA meetings. Go to search – No matter where you're at, there's an AA meeting. There's an AA meeting, NA meeting, SA meeting. No matter gambling, where you are. There, no matter where you are. Wherever you're located. And you may have to go to a few because yeah. some of them go. may not be. Yeah, some of them may be like, and, whoa, this and you is get horrible. A, and you get a vibe for it. Um, but and understand if you some, go to a secular one, they're going to swear. You're not going to obviously swear. Coffee yours, and like, donuts and cigarettes probably. But like, go there to learn the formula format and talk to those guys. Talk to the if whoever's you go in there charge. And say, look, we're in our church. We're doing twelve. We step want meetings. your advice, bro. They're going to talk your advice. Your, they're going to. They're going to give you advice because they want to freaking save people's lives. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, so that's boom. a good one. Okay. Next one. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. A couple things. Thank you both for so what you're doing. I'm a yeah, bi- yeah. I'm a bishop, and I found great insight and oh, wow. strength in both counseling others with their addictions as well as helping me overcome some of my own weaknesses as I seek to come closer to the Lord. Mm-hmm. So with the humility and sincerity, I want to thank you. Second, you mentioned a site where individuals can go find a sponsor. Or our ARP in our area is very weak. Two to three attendees max. We need sponsors, both for the addict and the spouse. They both feel like they're on a bit of an island by themselves. Any help would be appreciated. Keep ministering, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, what would you say to that guy? 
Uh, What's the what, what the the question of? Sorry, um, are you staring at you? Yeah, we got an email. Okay, so you're saying his we're, attendance we're is down? I know, I know, I know, I know. Maybe the <laughs> listen. I don't take Adderall. This is a bishop. <laughs> this is a bishop. Okay, and he's like thankful. Blah, blah, blah. He's like, uh, our ARP in our is area down. has two to three people that show so up. So how to get it up? Uh, no, he wanted to know how do we get sponsors. We have oh. like, there's probably no one in recovery there. Mm-hmm. So my first question would be like, your facilitator should be someone in recovery. So oh. there's your sponsor right there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, what did I do? Let's just go back to the beginning. Sponsored everybody sponsored every beginning. single male that walked through. So our only choice. That's like they looked at me and I'm like, you got to talk to Jay. Yeah. And, and there was, trust me, I didn't want to do that, but like that's just what we did until right. people got sober. And as soon as someone did through, as soon as someone got to like step seven or eight, I was like, you're ready to sponsor someone. If they, if they, if were, they were, if they were, or as soon as you've completed, boom, you're ready. Go. Next person walks in, I'm literally going to introduce myself and then introduce you, so be ready. And that's literally how it all – and then, dude, it took a while. There was a whole year and a half at least with just me. And there was a lot of dudes that would come in and out. Not all of them would stay, so I wouldn't get overwhelmed, but at least two people or three people a day. Here's another theme. We didn't invent the 12 steps. Yeah. So uh, we do have the whole truth of the gospel, but mm-hmm. uh, if you got someone that's really struggling and their spouses – Send them to Al-Anon. Go to please ed, get go the book sex, Al-Anon works. Please sex, get the book Al-Anon works. Sex and Al-Anon. Go to find us a, a non-church twelve-step uh, meeting and totally. take them there. Take them. And they, you go there and say, "Look, I need a sponsor. I work a twelve-step program in my church, but I would love you to sponsor me." They're going to walk you through the steps. Maybe a great missionary tool. And if you're a bishop too, if this is bishop's listening or another bishop, and you may have spouses in that scenario, right, that are trying to control their loved one or in a, in a sense where now they're sick because they want to change their spouse or child, right, whatever, mm-hmm. that's where Al-Anon shines. That is codependency. Mm-hmm. Get the book, Al-Anon Works. Go get it. It will change their life if they're humble enough to read it. Um, okay, so that was it. And then the other website is uh, arpsupport.org. This is, again, someone doing 12-step work. Which mean they just said they bought a domain, they build a website, they build a back end, and they have members. If you're in recovery in some ways, maybe you want to help sponsor people on that website, but you can send them an email and tell them your deal, and they'll try to pair you up whoops, with a virtual uh, sponsor. Mm-hmm. Good, better, best, way better to have someone face to face. Good, better, best, baby. But if remember that got, one here. If you got no one where you are, or you can't find a 12 step meeting outside the church to go, then. Uh, maybe you ought to try ARP support. Yep. Um, all right, let's uh, dive into one more. Okay, this one's kind of cool. So this this was from a, a lady who's a therapist, mm-hmm. um, an LDS therapist. So I don't know if she works for LDS Family Services or she just happens to be a therapist and happens to be LDS. Mm-hmm. She enjoys our podcast. Thanks for what you're doing. Did I hear you say that you can connect people with a sponsor? We get a lot of these. Mm. So, again, I refer to do arpsupport.org. I heard that recently and think, uh, okay, so. As well as, like, me, like, there's been a couple. <laughs> I can't do everyone, but, like, there's been, a f- there's been a few. And then I'm sponsoring someone right now that reached out via podcast, right? Did so, you? Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, you yeah, are, yeah. On, on the other side of the country. Yep. So, um, so I reply back the same thing. I'm like, hey, arpsupport.org, go, why don't you go to the, the regular 12 steps in whatever the area you are? And she said, Thanks for the information. Seems that our area, the emphasis put on confidentiality and the ARP groups prevents members. This is interesting. The ARP groups prevent members from having sponsors assigned. Yeah. St. Uh, George is what they said to us. Well, uh, that doesn't can compute to me. That means, I just, you, that I means you're trying like, to do your own Boy Scouts. It was, I wish. You're like, we don't want you to. Earn I can the, only imagine the, the stats, stats of how many people have died in that stupid practice. That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. That's, I'm sorry. Those are harsh words. I, this is not coming from her. This is coming from wherever their leaders are. Dude, 
it says in the manual to go to a trusted advisor. Like they don't use the word sponsor because there are some areas, like if you're in the little village in Brazil, you're not going to a sponsor. They may not be 12-step meetings there, although we've been all over Mexico and there's AA meetings all over the place. Everywhere. There's like the all over the world. everywhere. Right? But but it in this these manuals are written for the entire world, so we have to get it's out of our general head. conference, right? It's a general meeting it's for like the entire world. Manual. So we go back. These are twelve steps. So the the traditions of a getting from step. AA. So what do they do in AA? Yeah, what do they do? They have sponsors. The entire essence of the program is based on one addict helping another addict or alcoholic helping another addict. So it's not a a priesthood leader helping an addict, dude. I would. I would be personally You're a passionate about this because I'd be dead. I'd be yeah. dead. Me and Xander would be dead as well as all of our other friends. You're not kidding. No, like I should be dead. That's how we feel. Like we are alive because another alcoholic and addict called us on our bull and we wanted what they had. Meaning if you were sober or if you were a normie, I didn't want what you had because I couldn't relate to you. I, when I walked in and I saw a guy who identified as alcoholic, but yet he hadn't drank in 30 years, okay, that computed like, wait a minute, you, I, this is why we identify as an alcoholic, not someone in you know, recovery, but you're an alcoholic. I go, huh, okay, you're an alcoholic that I listen, we read, we do a share, I come back the next week, I hear another share, I hear another share, and I go, oh my gosh. This guy was as freaking nuts as I am. And now he's every time I see him, he's freaking happy. I haven't seen him be nuts, but he's telling these stories of how like how much pain and misery he was in, and now he's not. I'm like, okay, sir, listen, my name's Jay after the meeting. I I, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm freaking floundering. Um, I'm showing up here every week, but I need a sponsor, I need help. Boom. My life changed for the first time, my entire life, eleven years old, did drugs, tried to do it with priesthood leaders and all this other stuff when I joined the church. And we're not dog and priesthood leaders. No, dude. There's a role for them. There's a role spiritually, like you said. Like that, That's how you get – that's totally different. This is how to overcome an addiction that has made your life unmanageable. But what if it's a sex addiction and porn? It's different than your drug addiction. Oh, I love that's that. That's like, dude, it's the same. Bro, I've, you know I mean? I've sponsored more sex addicts and, and pornography addicts than I have drug addicts. It's the exact same. The, the brain, the chemistry, I that, get it that, that one's a behavior and maybe sociology or psychology doesn't call them the same, but a lot is crossover. Ninety more there look once again, look for the similarities, not the differences. You need sponsors. If your leaders say they don't have them, I'm gonna go out on a limb here and say God's not gonna condemn you for creating your own version of this and getting sponsors. I'm just saying, like, I mean, mark my words, like who knows, maybe I'll be one of these offended members one day that leave because of no, I'm just kidding. I'm just saying, I think this is one that I think you can follow the spirit here on this one. I promise you that if you don't have sponsors and you have real drug addicts showing up, they're going to die. And we have a church them. culture of like, we can't disagree with your church leaders, right? We have to support them. But President Nelson, raise your hands. President Nelson says, on. good revelation comes with good information. Okay, so if your bishop or your stake president doesn't have the information, they're not going to get good revelation. Boom. They can't inform you on it. Yep. And so don't so feel, you, don't, don't, if you have the information, it's your duty to give them the information. In a right them, way. In, in a, a righteous way. way. Yeah. And maybe that's like, hey, you know what? Maybe we should go, look, president, we have no one in recovery in our meeting. We have all the We've tools. We've been trying for three years, trying two for years, years, one year. We can't do it, okay? It's not working. Guess what? In this other area of the church, they do have it. And here's some things they're doing. You know, if they say, listen to this episode, why don't you listen? Yeah. Listen to this. Talk to call. Reach out. Reach out. out, Send an email. If they want to know, I'll talk to them. I'm on the, okay. The members that just came down here explain that. I'm not flexing, but I'm on the high council. Yeah. Right. Like if you want to talk to a high counselor, 
talk to our stake president. Talk like, to our stake president. Talk who's to a bishop our area and seventy. Yeah, like you want to do these things, like reach out. We have know, these people. We we know you. The hierarchy of the church. So there are some church leaders that, you know, they Flex only a little too hard. They they only they accept it if someone of an equal or higher ranking. Yeah, which is okay. Them. And that's, so cool. That's cool. So cool. Reach out. Brad will connect you with the seventy, or connect him with the seventy, or whatever. Because trust me, this won't. Th- it will. Speaking the microphone, it will not work without sponsorship. I'll, I'll tell you a little. We're going to end on this. When I met, I'm not going to drop his name because he may get in trouble. But he told me the guy who basically for LD Assignment Services put this manual that we use every week. Do, in wait, place. wait. So hold on. Did you hear what he just said? The person, who? He, the, the church, the church hired him. He's an employee of LD Assignment Services to put together this manual. So the addiction recovery program manual. Uh, before that time, there was a bunch of 12-step meetings meeting in church buildings across the, across the church. And they were just using the buildings for AA, NASA, right? Mm-hmm. And the church is like, we got to have, like, these aren't church meetings, our church meetings. So let's, this, they were, they received inspiration. Let's adopt these. No, they didn't reason. Like, we need, let's come up with our own program is what they said. And so this guy went to the different 12-step groups and like, hey, the church wants to address this addiction recovery. So we want to come up with our own program. And the, all these groups said, if we don't do the 12 steps, we're not doing it because it's not going to work. And they walked away. They went back to the, the group that decides within the church who decides policy. And they said, these people said, we're only, they're only going to do it if it's these the 12 experts. steps okay. because it works. All these okay. psychologists, whatever. And they said, okay, well, let's give it a try. And they went back. And that's what these things done. That's how so it's all So if you want to try something besides the 12 steps... Try it, but what's been the most effective? What's the tool wheel that over, works? What's what's work? And I believe, I believe, and I think you do too, Jay. That these twelve steps were inspired by God. Hundred percent. Bill and Bob were inspired. Hundred percent. To create these twelve steps. And whoever the church leader is that has said that let's get involved in it is was, was inspired. inspired as well in nineteen eighty four. And, and again, we didn't invent them. So why don't we follow the traditions and the things that are done in other twelve step meetings? And, has and follow it, yeah. and work, follow the works. And if, and 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 the fruits of working, if you're going to scouts again, is merit badges being done and Eagle Scouts. What is the fruits of of twelve step meetings? Long term recovery. Period. And that's and step how, twelve. Am, is it? That's it. Long term recovery, not just white knuckling it. Long term recovery, and part of that is you get recovery and you keep going to meetings and you keep supporting a group and building and building it. And that's what step twelve is about. So if you're listening to this and you don't attend meetings and you have sobriety, please go. And if you're going to AA and ASA because the church's ARP is kind of weak, I'm going to challenge you go there and make it stronger. Yeah. And maybe you need to go to both for a while. But uh, we, we need you because we get so many of these emails of like, our Obviously, meetings, this our is meetings, we don't the have biggest spo- questions we, we get. Yeah, we don't have any sponsors. That's why you two read or three these three. people. These three are, are the most common. Lovely senior couple and they're tr- doing their, but they, they want to do, I know you want to do your best, but I would be, I would not be able to do this without you, Jay. And, and with we wouldn't be able to start without you, um, but now we we have plenty of resources. That's why you have some of the meetings starting here because people attended, got recovery with a sponsor, keep coming, and keep supporting the groups. And that's why there's twelve set meetings in freaking every town of this world because they keep going. Mm-hmm. It's a community because that's what it's taught. Is that you don't you don't get sober and bounce. All right, are we catching that? We got pretty hot on that. Yeah. Sorry. Right. Tell us what you mean. We'll be in the next one, Atro, and that's it. Okay. Thank you. Dear Lord, blesses us with love. Please send this day thy spirit from above. 
accepts a call from thee. Help him, we pray, to learn humility. Direct his footsteps every day. And keep him ever walking in thy ways. Inspire him as he spreads the gospel plan. Lord, hold him in the hollow of thy Shelter 